EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a big shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for walking this journey with me on a week by week, month by month, and year by year basis. Uh, we are right now coming up to, well, we got some time before we come up to my two-year mark, but uh, coming up in September will be my two-year mark of doing this, uh, doing this show. And I have to say, it's been absolutely rewarding, and I thank all of you for tuning in. I want to give a big shout-out to all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for joining in tonight as well. And I want to give a huge, huge thanks to God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, just for all of my new listeners, my radio show is a financial and life empowerment show focusing on improving your financial outlook, but also to give you life lessons. That means educating you in all the other areas of life, mind, body, and spirit, to help you live life to the fullest. So in a nutshell, I am here to help you. Well, we have a great, we have a fantastic show uh, tonight. Um, This is the second episode of my Women and Finances series here on uh, my my show, Shape Your Finances show. And for those of you who may not uh, be familiar with it, uh, this series that I'm doing over the next five to six months, because we actually started back in in January. Uh, So over the next six months, there will be a number of shows every month, uh, roughly about two to three shows that we will be dedicating to that topic. So I'm going to have a number of different guests from various professions. We're going to be talking about their challenges, their struggles, their achievements, and we're going to talk a little bit about finance and money as well. But I wanted to give a a new, uh, I guess a a fresh perspective here on the Shape Your Finances show. So make sure you tune in for the rest of this segment, but also tune in for the next few months as we do this series, the Women in Finances series. And like I said, tonight is the actual second episode. Uh, So uh, 
we have a great guest. Uh, I'm going to go straight into it. Like I said, anytime I have a guest here on the show, I always want to make sure that I give room for as much conversation and talk time as possible. The call-in number tonight is 917-889-8078. You can call in and listen. You can call in with questions or comments. And for those of you who don't know, that you can listen to all of the favorite programs here on the CWR Talk Network, not only uh, just on the website, but you can listen to all of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Well, tonight, we have here on the show, she is a Clearwater, Florida native. She's also the chef and owner of Livy O's Catering Company, LLC, and she's also the president and founder of Sisters Standing Strong, a nonprofit organization. With over 20 years of health administration experience and 10 years of culinary experience, serving family, friends, various cultures, local and national celebrities, and guests appearing on over four national television networks. It is no wonder why she is, Miss Lanice, she is one of the most requested caterers here in the Tampa Bay area. A survivor of domestic violence, sexual assault, homelessness, and an absent father, Lanice was determined not to allow her past to dictate her future. Fighting against all odds, she is now the wife of a loving husband, Omar Germany, the mother of six beautiful children, a college graduate with a degree in counseling and business management, and the owner of an award-winning six-figure grossing catering company located in Brandon, Florida. Her catering company now is a full-service catering company with over 30 employees. Now, I could keep reading. I'm going to give one more little bit because she has a great resume. She has a great bio. Now, Lanice lives by this mantra. If you do what you love, you will never work hard a day in your life. Her life's dream is not to just meet Oprah, but to sit on Oprah's couch and converse with her. Now, that's what I like. Now, I have to mention, this is a quote by her as well. Work hard, excuse me, with hard work, perseverance, faith the size of a mustard seed, I believe in my heart that I can do anything until I can't. Welcome to the show tonight, Miss Lanice Germany. How you doing, Lanice, this afternoon? <laughs> oh, wow, I'm doing well. That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> well, yes. Thank well, you. you. Oh, you're more than well. Hey, you, it's, it's your fault you shouldn't have such an amazing resume there. <laughs> I see that, but you read it with, like, Business. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you like. I'm glad you. Like. Amen. Thank you. It's a pleasure having you here on the show, and thank you so much for joining. It's a pleasure. Thank Good. you. It's an honor, truly. Good. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it while we have the time. Uh, I often, uh, or I always ask this particular question of all my guests that I have here on the show. Will you please? your money experience or your money story growing up? Wow. Uh, my money story was 
the typical money story for African-American families. You know, my mother was a, uh, a school bus driver full-time. My father, my stepfather actually, uh, worked for the uh, Pinellas County Sewer Department, and um, she did, she did, she was a hairdresser on the side, so that was like her side hustle. Um, that was embedded in us real early. So, you know, working every day, nine to five, was never really enough. And so um, I remember us moving around a lot, never knew why when you're a child. You don't really know why you're moving so frequently, but I remember us moving around a lot. I remember having to, to be the new student in so many different schools um, and never really knew until I became you know, a teenager or maybe early adulthood, uh, why that was so frequent. Um, we were never taught the importance of credit. We were never taught the importance of, of saving. If anything, once you got, you know, a handful of money, you go spend it or you go on a trip or you go, you know, so it wasn't money and finances was never really important or, or something that was instilled in us. Uh, as we were growing up. Um, now that I'm an adult, you know, I, I gosh, learned the hard way about credit, how important credit is, and, <laughs> you know, and, and the importance of, of saving for a rainy day or just saving in general, you know, not going on those trips until you can really afford to go on them. Um, because I think most people in our culture really just truly believe that you know, it's not important to die and leave money behind for our children or, you know, I can't take it with me, so I'm going to spend it now. And that's a, for me, in my opinion, that's a, it's just a poverty mentality. And so I'm, I'm grateful to have met a husband who is also in finance who says, no, you're not going to be able to do that. You can't do that. You know? <laughs> uh, because I was doing it. I was doing what I needed. You know, I was up before, up till I met him, I was doing what I did, and which yeah. wasn't really much. I didn't know anything. So, right. yeah. Oh, great. That's how I great. Grew up. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing it. Because you know, I often say, you know, sometimes it's not important or not as important how you started, but Correct. look at where you are right now and where you plan to be in the future. And uh, so, yeah, so thank God for uh, uh, your husband. Uh, I think about it. I I have to say this. Now, you say that it was your mother that was a school bus driver? Yes, sir. Uh Uh-huh. My dad was a school bus driver for about 40 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember he had a a, uh, side business and uh, – I get teased in my little. I'm, I'm originally from Alabama, a small hometown. Everybody knows everybody. Uh-huh. My, my dad had about probably five to ten different jobs, you know, of, of <laughs> doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's something I learned with hard work, hard work, hard work. Hard work. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's funny to even <laughs> hear, hear a similar story, and uh, and and I can yeah. definitely relate uh, when it comes to money. Uh, didn't have any formal training growing up with money, oh. but uh, because I went oh. into, I learned a whole lot since that time. So, 
Absolutely. And I think it's just passed down through generation after generation. You know, it's not, you know, if you have parents or grandparents or even your great-grandparents who are financially responsible with money, then that's mm-hmm. what they would instill in their children. So, And, I, you know, I don't blame my parents or anything. They did what they knew. And right. my grandparents did what they knew and so on and so on and so on. So it just takes one person. Or one, you know, it just it really just takes one to say, you know, I think that there has to be another way of doing this. I might right. not know yes. the way, but I mean, I can learn the way, or I can surround myself around people who do know the way, and and that's really what has has happened for us. Now we don't, granted, we don't have it all together right now. Right, I become a chef and eventually start your own company? Oh, my goodness. It's a melting pot of several people. So the passion for the food and the love for the serving of people and watching other people eat that I've created comes wholeheartedly from my grandmother. My grandmother was a homemaker who was, uh, she, she was a seamstress. But she also made her own breads and made her own peanut butter and made her own jelly. She had the best sweet potato pie in the world. She made her oh. own biscuits. Like, she was a true, true cook that actually loved cooking. And so that passion literally came from her. Now, the business piece of it, I owe that credit to my mother because my mom, even though she was the bus driver, her, her side hustle of that doing hair, and then years after she got into a car, uh, bus accident on her job after 20 years and was no longer able to drive the buses anymore, so she started making jewelry. And oh. so for her, the perseverance of just uh, continuing to make it work, you know, don't, whatever happens around you, you've got to keep pushing forward. Uh, that came from her, you know, gotcha. and so it was It was definitely, uh, like I said, a melting pot of them both. Now, my mom was the youngest of nine children. She hated cooking. She hated, <laughs> she hated, being, in, <laughs> she hated being in the kitchen. You know, I was that young kid. Whenever I did go to my grandmother's house, I would lift the bowl with the pies and watch her do the biscuits and, and grandma, yeah. show me how to do this and show me how to do that. And so it was instilled in me at a very early age. So in seventh, sixth or seventh grade, I would come home and cook dinner for my whole family. I have two brothers and two sisters, um, and I'm the old. I'm sorry. And so um, that that cooking started in me really, really early. Um, I actually instill it in my children now. Number one, they got to be independent. Can't rely yes. on other people. But, um, you know, I just, the perseverance of, of starting the business, I mean, I've always aspired to be an entrepreneur. I just never um, never knew in what, because I, I was a person that was pretty good at a lot of things, at a lot of things. And so I never mastered a single one of them. It wasn't okay. until I, I got into videos that, um, and, and really on my search for, you know, getting closer to God, um, that my purpose 
was then finally discovered. And so oh, I realized that, you know, my, my I'm talented at cooking. I am I'm actually pretty great at it. You know, I love yeah. it. But I can be I can be on fumes tired, but when I enter the kitchen I come alive. And wow. so I know that I'm working in what I'm supposed to be doing. However, it's not my end. There's this is just a platform for the next because there will be a next. I'm not gonna get to Oprah Couch by cooking in the kitchen. I know that. All right. And I have hey, I have to let the listening audience know. Uh, yeah. I have experienced <laughs> firsthand, so I can speak of the the goodness. <laughs> I can definitely speak of it. Now, now by the way, <laughs> you, hey, you mentioned that your grandmother makes a sweet potato pie. Do you make sweet potato pie That's- as well? Of, of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Yeah, we. Hey, I think I see a sweet potato pie in my future. <laughs> we'll make sure. We'll make sure that happens for you, Lionel. We'll make sure that happens. <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. Good. Now you mentioned about. Um, now, would you tell me now, how did you come up with the name uh, Livy? Mm. Wow. <laughs> that is, uh, this story can go on for, for a long time. However, I'll give you the short summary. I am okay. a, I am a visionist. Okay. I vision things, and, and when I see those things, I truly believe in what it is that I see. And so I was given the name. Um, when I had my, so I had my son who's Omar, and then I had my daughter who's Olivia. Uh, we call her Libby for short. After okay. I had those those two children, um, I I um, envisioned that I would own a restaurant one day, and if it were ever if it were ever to come to fruition, its name would be Livy O's because Omar and Olivia were two O's. It would be Livio's Bourbon Street Cafe. That was going to be the original name. Years, I mean, years and years and years ago. This was, you know, our business is four and a half years old, but Olivia is almost nine. So this name existed nine years ago. And so, uh uh-huh. And so um, when I got pregnant with my twin, I was like, oh, shoot. I got Omar, I got Olivia. Now I got to make up two old names. You know, it had nothing to do with the name Livio's, but it was like, I can't have two old children and have two more children and their names be different, so I just made up their names. Olina and my and my other twin, Aubrey, with an O, O-B-R-E-E. And so when I quit my job in corporate America, um, I was given an ultimatum by my husband because it was about maybe six months I was in limbo out there trying to figure out the next phase of my life. And right. so my husband said, hey, babe, you got to go back to work or you got to figure something out. And <laughs> so I prayed and asked God, you know, what was next? And so I, I woke up the next day and said, I saw some food until I figure it out. And I knew, mm-hmm. I remembered that I had the name. I said, Chuck, I can use the name that I had all those years ago because it always stuck with me. It never went anywhere. It was just in the right. back, in the far, far back of my file cabinet of my brain, you know. 
And so uh-huh. I finally pulled it out, dusted it off, and said, okay, well, if, I can't call it Bourbon Street Cafe because that's a location, and I'm not a location. So what can mm-hmm. I replace it with? And the word catering came. And so I was like, well, you don't have to have a location if you're a catering business. That's right. So that's, that's how it came. It was, I dropped Bourbon Street Cafe and replaced it with catering, and here we are. Oh, perfect. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I yeah. I love hearing, I love I love hearing beginnings, so that's a great beginning. Yeah. So, uh, it is yeah. it is a very, very true beginning. Now there's there's a lot to that story, but that is the summary of it. Okay, perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. Well well hold that note. We're gonna take a quick break. And we're going to return back and finish our conversation. So I ask everybody, please stay tuned. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this quick, quick break. Listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances Show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Talk Network. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. <laughs> they can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Talk Network. If you just joined us, uh, this is the second half of tonight's show of the of my series called Women and Finances Series here on the Shape Your Finances show. And I have my guest, Miss Lanice Germany, and we have been talking about her beginnings uh, of her company. And we're just going to continue our discussion along those lines. Now, let's get into some of the, the, the I say, the learning part, the, 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 the challenges, the success stories, mm-hmm. the achievements, the struggles that you had, may have had along the way. What were yeah. some of the challenges, what were some of the struggles that you faced to get to where you are right now? Oh my gosh. I could I have a long list. Okay. <laughs> a really, uh-huh. really, really long list. Um, you know, one of them, one of many, of course, is is the finance piece. You know, when I, I mentioned earlier that I had quit my job and we didn't have a, a dime saved. We didn't have a plan. There was no, there was no anything. I, I truly was that person that jumped off the cliff, not knowing how or where I was going. And um, that was both a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because we didn't have 
any financial thing, we struggle tremendously. So to say that I'm no longer embarrassed to share that we almost lost our house, not once, but twice. And so it was it was truly a strain on both us um, on our marriage. It was a strain on children. It was a strain on me physically, mentally, emotionally. And so um, it was a difficult time. And it was a They are exactly the highs and then the lows. And what I realized is that um, I didn't know, I didn't have a clue on the financial team. I knew how to be a networker. I knew how to cook. I knew how to be, you know, a leader in certain areas, but I didn't have a clue about finance. Gotcha. I had no clue. And so it wasn't until I met a good friend of mine uh, that's now a good friend. It wasn't until I met um, a young lady who I delivered to. She um, I was on a low, low night this particular day, like emotionally a low night that I delivered to this lady's house, and she opened up the door and she just saw it all over my face. I'm not a person that can hide my emotions very well, unfortunately. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but she invited me in, and she knew something was wrong, and so, you know, I felt safe enough to just share what was going on. At that moment, I did she takes me in a room and shows me a visual. Lise, I just lost you. Hold on, everyone. Uh, we see can we get Lanise back on. Hello, Lanise. We can't hear you. Um, Up. We're going to see if we can get her back on the line. If y'all just please bear with us just a moment. Uh, we've I've just had my, a, a great conversation uh, going here with Miss Lanice Germany. And uh, she's my second guest here on the Women and Finances series. So uh, hold on just a moment, see if we can get her back on the line. Please bear with us just one moment. Please bear one. I'm just having some minor difficulties. If you can please stay tuned. We're trying to get Lanice back here on the line. Lionel? Hello? Lenise, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. I apologize. Okay. okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. We got I'm you back so on. Sorry. Got you back on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
Yeah, you you were telling us about the 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 financial struggles. I know that uh, with some of the struggles that that occurred even in your marriage and your family, and you were and that's when we kind of cut off from there. So if you can pick up from yes, that point. I I apologize. So yes, um, but the the friend who showed me the vision board was basically just um, speaking life into a really dead situation at the time, and so I went home and I was persuaded to to make my own vision board. And, and truly be reminded that, Lanice, you are a visionist. And even though you don't have the knowledge about the finances, hire your weakness. And don't be afraid to hire that because, you know, you might not have the money in the account, but my faith is, is a little bit um, bigger than, than my reality. And so uh, that's what I wrote on my vision board, to hire an accountant, hire these areas that I lack in, and sure enough, you know, we found an accountant who, who educated us on, mm-hmm. on what we were doing and what we needed to do um, to grow our business and to, to really not just grow it, but to even come above water because we were drowning and we didn't even know it. And so what we, what we knew at the time was that one of the other struggles is that you you're so busy being busy that it distracts you from being productive. And so we had, we had been every day as the phone would ring and the phone would ring. And so we're running around and running around and doing all these little jobs, going out shopping every time somebody calls to produce, you know, the food and the service and everything, not knowing that that's literally breaking us. It's not profiting us. And so it was, it was the accountant who basically took this big picture of where we were and, and showed us the history of what we were doing and said, no, you cannot do this anymore. You have to, you, have to, you know, re- restructure, increase your prices because the prices was another thing. You try to yeah. be, you know, you try to set those prices at what you think people would want to spend, and that's right. not real. You know, right. there's so many, there's so many, gosh, I, could, I have a million highs and lows. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, that's, you know, trying to be the most affordable uh, business or trying to, trying to accommodate so many people. People will find things that are wrong just for you to, to accommodate them. And, and you know, mm-hmm. you find yourself being a puppet. Or, or being um, what, who you're really not, um, and it would take a lot. It took a lot out of us to the point that we were just like, you know, we listened to the accountants. We were like, by any means necessary, if our goal is to get to Z, and we're still at A, you know, how will we ever get there if we don't begin to say no? How will we ever get there if we don't, and not just no to the customers, but no to even our spending habits. And no to, no to you know uh, that customer who's not necessarily gonna get you to be, you know, mm-hmm. because if you don't begin to say no and be comfortable in saying no, then I struggle with that too, you know. I didn't yeah. want to lose the the people that got us to this point, and and no, they're there for a reason and a season, and their season has ended. But I was trying to pull them with me into the new season, and they were reluctantly. You know, they, were, they, they weren't quite wanting to come to that season. Right. So 
it, it was so many things, you know. I don't know everything there is to know, but I've learned so much about what not to do anymore. So now it's, I've become really comfortable and unapologetic about my nose. Absolutely. About my nose, you know. Absolutely. Um, and being able to really just freely express these things, because while I was going through those things, I, that was embarrassing. You don't want to share your burdens. You don't want to share, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the issues. You don't want to share that you're about to, your, your home is on the verge of foreclosure or, or that right. you're, you're having tax issues and, you know, you don't want to share those things. But right. um, if you don't surround yourself, again, around people who, who can help take some of that burden away, not, not enable you and, and throw you out of it, but at least just guide you on right. getting out of it, you know, and, and guide you on how to properly um, collect the data and measure your, your finances and, and, and set budgets, because I was never a budget person, ever. I picked up a couple of things uh, that you mentioned about uh, from a pricing standpoint. I know a lot of time when we have, you know, we're doing a pro- we have a product, we have a service to for the for the for the uh, for the public. Uh, sometimes people think, well, you just that's just too high, and you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm charging enough to make sure that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm profitable and I'm able to sustain. And I have learned with myself. You're right. Sometimes. Some people just won't be able to afford the quality of service that you that have. Correct. That uh, correct. Then, then you have to learn how to do, to find your sweet spot in what you do. Uh, that once right. you find your sweet spot, nobody else can tell you your sweet spot like you can. And and you said something that was so key: learning to say no. Uh, I had to. I had to learn that, and it was very hard for me to say no to people because I said yes in previous years. So once oh, yeah. I learned to say no from time to time, and and with that, I surrounded myself around with good people that mean well for me. They gave me some sometimes some hard advice. They challenged me, and I'm quite sure you're going to attest to that as well. And oh, and here you are right now. You, you're, you're successful in what you're doing. You enjoy. I can tell just by just hearing you tonight and then just in previous conversation, you really yeah. enjoy what you do. And it comes Absolutely. forth. And I have to tell all the listeners, it comes forth in the food. Oh, in the service. I mean, just uh, it, you can tell. You can tell it so much. Now, now I want to ask one other quick question because we're coming down to the wire. Sometimes I wish I had an hour show to give uh, a lot more time. But you have a nonprofit organization called Sisters Stand Strong. Tell us a little bit about the nonprofit organization. Wow, Sisters Standing Strong was my first original baby. It was my first, one of the first uh, 
decisions that I can remember before Livio's, actually. I had, um, <clears throat> I'm a woman, as you read in my, in my bio, who has survived domestic violence, sexual assault, um, homelessness, you name it, uh, just the absent father, it, you name it, I've, I've pretty much have either been through it or seen it or know someone who's been through it. And so one of the things that um, the Lord had given me was to take those circumstances and to empower other women on, on how to not allow that to cripple your ability or to, to keep you hostage or in prison in those circumstances. And so, you know, I don't, I'm not a victim of those things anymore. You know, I could have maybe 10, 15 years ago, I could have given you a million reasons as to why I couldn't do this or why I couldn't do that. And so, um, and it would have been because of one of many of those, those circumstances. But I, I saw that thing that I had was not just for myself, but to really truly become that person to pull another woman along and say, come on, queen, come on, sister. Listen, in spite of this, you can still be what you have, you are designed to be or what you are purposed to be. And so Sister Standing Strong is really just a unity of, of sisterhood. Not, it doesn't have anything to do with nationality, religious right. beliefs, um, age group. Not, it has nothing to do with any of that. If you are a woman, you are my sister. And it, it, I am my sister's keeper. So my responsibility is to, to, to stand in the paint with you and encourage you that in spite of your circumstance, you can and you will make it. You just have to have that fight in you. Like, you, you've heard the story, I mean, the, the, the phrase, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. My job mm -hmm. is to lead you. I can't force you to drink it, but I can inspire you to do so. Sure. And so that's what Sister Standing Strong really um, signifies. Like, that's what it's about. Um, every year we do a Mother's Day brunch. Um, in May, it's typically the weekend, the Sunday just before Mother's Day, where we just um, invite women from all over um, and celebrate them. You don't even have to be a mom. If you are a woman, um, come and and we, we feed them, we entertain them, we do, you know, we encourage them, we empower them. We have a panel with other women. Last year we talked about finance and wealth and health and spirituality and all that good stuff and so it's not a it's not a religious based organization but it is faith based uh, because gotcha. for me I can only tell you how God has delivered me from these things and, and I can't give anything or anyone else credit other than, than God um, and I don't desire to I don't desire to so, <laughs> so Thank you. That's, that's what it is about yeah Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lelise. Now, as we have about another three to four minutes, uh, as we get ready to close out, how can people contact you? Uh, can you give us your, 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 your information, contact information, social media, website, things like that? Yes. So I am, again, Lenise Germany. Our website is Livy, L-I-V-Y-O-S, 
www.thepeopleshow.com. We are located at 905 East Brandon Boulevard in Brandon, Florida. Um, our phone number is area code 813-494-0820. Our social media pages, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all Livio's Catering Co. Livio's Catering Co. Livio. And so um, we're available um, to do to perform any of your catering needs, whether it's a small event or a massive event. We have intimate event space uh, at that studio in Brandon. And then uh, recently we just launched our culinary club for kids and teens, where we educate kids and teens on how to um, the art of culinary. If they aspire to be chefs or entrepreneurs themselves, we are instilling in them what we've learned. And we're teaching them everything culinary. They're not just showing up the, the next cheese. They are literally learning how to price food, how to profit from their sales, how to chop, how to cook, all that good stuff. So that's what we cool. do with our kids and teens. I love okay. that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Lenise, for being a guest here and taking part in the Women in Finances series. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Well, that's a wrap tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining in to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you've missed any of the past episode, you can go to my website at shipmanconsulting.com. That's shipmanconsulting.com, and you can catch uh, the gallery of past guests and all of the shows that I've done here uh, on uh, this radio show. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you next week. Take care until next time. Now we're going to go out with a little bit of Marion Meadows, one of my smooth jazz favorites.